0: TALK RADIO
1: Welcome to On the Road to Heaven with your show hosts Sandra Herrick and
0: Denise Iwana on the Star Nation's radio network
2: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Star Nation's radio network and to On the Road to Heaven. Tonight is our final journey on the road to heaven via blog talk radio, Sandra Herrick and I. And uh, so it's a very special evening for the both of us. The next time we're together, we will be uh, looking at you via BeLive TV. But it's been a beautiful, long run, hasn't it, Sandy? (laughs)
1: Oh my God! It's monumental. This is, this is like we're we're going TV. <laughs> like from, you know, it's like this is from literally going from the radio to we're going TV. Eighty, fifty, forty, sixty, seven years later. This is spectacular.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What a journey. Well, you and
2: I, you and I, have been doing radio shows together for almost ten years.
1: That is unbelievable.
2: <laughs> Almost 10 that years that you and I have been doing this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, time has <laughs> become a bizarre companion.
0: Yes. A bizarre
1: yes. companion. And, you know, everybody, uh, Dana and I had a conversation today, and I had this great flare of memory of the very first time she and I went live on a TV-type monitor um, when we were both working on Soul's Journey Radio together, and it was the first time she invited me to Michigan, and there we were at her computer. And it's like, let's call Savannah and tell her we're together and have her put her up on the screen. And we were like, two giddy kids playing with the universe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well yes, because you and I this is not our first time going T V before you and I were on the PTN network.
1: Yes. So so and and it's so funny because the very first time that I was asked to do the radio station with Savannah, I thought it was T V and Bobby got me a little studio set up and a background and everything else. And about forty minutes before the radio show I went, It's not T V, it's free. How? Oh. <laughs>
2: After all of that.
1: After all of that. So, I mean, so now it's, it's, it's uh, I have to laugh because we're all growing up in this phenomena of technology that is at our beck and call. And mm-hmm. it is astounding to have to um, keep up, and it's wonderful to want to keep up. So thank mm-hmm. you for being one of the pioneers and for letting me hitch my wagon to your train or your wagon. Let, let's just keep going. <laughs> and um, ten years—that's insane. It is. That's insane. Well, it is. Forever and a day. Here we go. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's it's marvelous insanity. So Sandy, tonight I've already, I received phone calls today about our subject matter for this evening. Yeah. And, you know, I was left with a couple of questions that uh, we were to perhaps discuss
1: um,
2: about this subject matter. And so um, it's a deep subject matter. I think it's very impactful. And I'm wondering if you would be so kind as to do a centering uh, to bring everybody into sacred space before we go there.
1: Okay. There is a need not just a desire, there is a need to feel the inner center of balance and integrity and the sense of being connected to spirit. So take a gentle breath and just allow yourself to feel you are present. Deep breath. And allow yourself the opportunity to feel connected. Gentle breath. And know that in the center of your heart, truly the central of the heart, that space that offers the pulse to everything. You are beating. Deep and gentle breath. We belong to each other. We are connected to each other. We remember each other. Another breath. One more breath to bring into the integrity of who you are, the willingness to discover yourself, the willingness to be you, the willingness to belong, gentle breath, And one more thing, truly deeply, allow yourself to feel that you are capable and available for love. Gentle breath, touching your heart, opening your soul, and welcome to On the Road to Heaven.
2: Thank you for that, Sandy. Yeah. 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 So hello to everybody in both of the chat rooms, the chat rooms on Blog Talk Radio and the chat room, of course, on Facebook. Uh, It's wonderful to have you all with us. And those of you that are listening after the fact, thank you for spending uh, time with us this evening. And uh, Sandy, when we decided that we were going to talk about this subject one of the first things that I I remembered from my years of um, going through the Coptic uh, ministerial training to become a Coptic minister, and one of the precepts that we learned straight away was the difference between a master teacher and a guru. Uh And I've never forgotten that that teaching that was presented to us, that a master teacher is somebody that is still working on themselves and their own self-mastery and that a master teacher is fully human they're not an ascended master they are a master teacher still working on themselves versus you know somebody who is a guru what are your thoughts or do you have specific thoughts about the difference between a master a teacher okay, I'm, I'm a master a, a teacher here rather
1: than our uh-huh. Uh-huh. walking the spirit hi <laughs> my computer's being... I'm just. I'm not going to go into the chat unless I can get in there. I'll turn off the ready. Go ahead. Say it. Say it. Say it again. What are your
2: What are your thoughts about somebody being a teacher, a master teacher, or a guru? Are there differences? Uh, are Absolutely. there similarities? Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that for a moment.
1: One of the reasons why the meditation was about love was and is the focus of that when we seek a master or when we seek a guru or we seek a mentor or we seek a teacher, we have to know that we are qualified to love and be loved. What I find so primal in seeking any of these labels, Dana, is that there is always the need to be accepted to hope that we're chosen to be one of the beloved or honored by the teacher or the mentor to acknowledge us or to allow us to belong. And we forget that the person that we are seeking has a physical body and a physical life and are human And for me, a teacher is someone, including myself, that has so much humanness that what I'm teaching is how I experience being human. As a mentor, I am offering information to someone about their chosen topic to give them the space to Actualize not just what they've learned, but what they have accumulated through karma to reactivate and start to present to the world. I am certainly no guru. A guru to me is someone from another culture, preferably mainly from India, where a guru is someone who has obtained that status of consciousness where they are so awake that they are beyond attachment. And in our world, unfortunately, we have had many gurus that have been so attached to fame and money, it is a sad chaos that some of the gurus that offer themselves are the charlatans of being the guru. <laughs> and yet the gurus that are truly enlightened are not about being famous. They're about mm-hmm. their humility and mm-hmm. bringing you to the status of your humility that breaks your ego. Even in the desire to be wanted by the guru who want you to be in their presence.
2: That's a huge statement. That's a really big statement. I like that. That when you say that, it rings true to me. You know, every year that I go to Kauai, uh, we always trek up to Kaduval Temple, which is a Hindu temple, uh, to go to puja uh, and to be there on the grounds. And the Satguru uh, there at the temple is one of the most humble quiet. He really doesn't have to speak much because he simply is um, as you're talking about um, his illumination or, you know, his presence, his being speaks all it has to say. Right. And just being in his presence, we learn what we need to learn um, in his silence. Uh, there right. are those that, as you say, shout it from the mountaintops, look at me, I'm a guru, I've mastered myself, I've completed this, and and aren't I wonderful? And um, I've, I've not ever met a guru of any kind that feels that they've completed um, any sort of any cycle, but always looking to uh, first and foremost work on themselves, not convince others that their path is the right path. However, there are those gurus that try to convince people that their path is the only path. And I've watched people be derailed by gurus, and I'm not just talking about Hindu gurus or any of that sort of thing, but modern-day gurus, right, Right. and wannabe gurus that are always espousing their own (laughs) illumination. Well, you know, the bottom line
1: here is a guru, quote-unquote, can only become entitled to their profession by people who are seeking them. If they mm-hmm. are out to say, I'm your favorite thing and don't you want me to want
2: you. Right.
1: But a real guru sits and is so without the need of you needing them mm-hmm. that you sit in their presence because... They bring something that goes beyond life and death. And I'm going to be really blunt here. they are far and few these days. They're there. We find them. But there even seems within the transition of the... Piscean Age to the Inquarian Age, that even the great gurus that are the people who sit and vibrate, they too are elevating to another octave, another vibration, another um, metaphor for what a guru is, because there's so much change and transition, From what I experienced in all the organizations that are affiliated with growth, 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 wow, that was a flip, with growth (laughs) and with um, the attunement of what is spiritual. And I believe in my soul, we're all being challenged to the next realm. And that, to me, is phenomenal because that means nobody can escape, not even the teachers, and they don't want to. If they're really, truly, 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 truly the guru, they don't want to escape being human, and they don't want you to escape being human. And in their humanness, they teach you that spirit and human, humanity is important.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. We've touched on a very big topic here.
2: We really have. We really have. When a guru has a devotee, oftentimes it is a lifelong devotion to that guru, um, to that temple, etc., etc. And then we have the student... Looking for, or coming upon, or finding themselves in the presence of um, a teacher, right? And le- I'd like to start, if we could. Can we talk about Sandy? What is the responsibility of a teacher to a student, and what is the responsibility of a student to a teacher? Because that is it's one different the most than, than the issues I've ever heard. And I say
1: it because there is that pause. Who's more responsible to who? Mm-hmm. And I will be so fierce in saying that there is in my, I mean, you know, I'm going clock time here, in my 40 years, of being who I am in spirit. The need to be a student, at some point, I am viscerally aggressive with each student needs now to take accountability and responsibility for their choice in who they follow, and why they are following. So they do not lay prey and victim to a false teacher or the arrogance of assuming they were connected to somebody of great lineage to some energy. And then they found out they were dealing with a human being in all due respect is um complicated, arrogant, and resentful. Of course you and I know nobody like that. Never. Ever.
2: <laughs> Ever.
1: And as a teacher, I can't speak for anybody else other than myself. I know that I have worked very hard to first of all earn the quality of a teacher that I was seen to be, that I didn't know I was qualified to be. Mm-hmm. But some many people seeing me, I had to up my ante and go, I'm qualified. So my own my own humility or lack of awareness had to be brought to the attention Someone sees in me more than who I am, expressing myself to be in my humanness. Which means I have to get over my own garbage and come to the cliff and jump off. And be the teacher that spirit is addressing me to be and get out of my negative ego of self and allow energy to, tr- to channel through me. And that is a growth that I'm very grateful that in my journey, I think you're one of the great people in my life, Dana, that knows I fall as deep as I rise and fly. So there is no... Um, God, what a great subject. Mm -hmm. No, I define the word, Um, mercy. There's really no mercy. When a teacher stands there and says, ask me to teach. When spirit says, bring it, let me see what you got who you are and if you ain't look out and if you are look out <laughs> <And> look out <laughs> mm-hmm. spirit is not always so goddamn
2: loving <laughs> amen to that mm-hmm. well in uh one of the phone calls that i received today regarding the subject matter one of the questions that i was asked you know dana will you please talk about you know what is the responsibility of a teacher to have integrity and what is the responsibility is it a greater responsibility uh when the teacher is very public and charges lots and lots of money to be the teacher is there a difference between that and uh, the teacher who is more humble. Are there degrees of integrity? And uh, how do you feel about that? Well, for me, I don't think there are any degrees of of integrity myself. If you're teaching, hopefully you have integrity in what you are teaching. And if you don't, uh, well, that's a whole... I guess we'll get to that later in the show. But having an integrity level as a teacher is a big thing. Not to say that we're not human, not to say that there aren't foibles and um, and all of those sorts of things. I once had a student, we were abroad, and she became really upset with me. And she, she left the room because, you know, sometimes my sense of humor, <laughs> yes, I'm i really do a really funny person, sense of humor. <laughs> And sometimes my sense of humor gets to be a little bit, well, what could we say, raw, right? The quadruple Scorpio sometimes comes out, and my sense of humor follows suit. Well, she was so upset that, you know, she held me in such high regard that she couldn't believe that my sense of humor could be so raunchy in that moment. And she was just absolutely blown away by that. And she stormed off to her room. And another friend who uh, also studies with me, you know, went to the room and she said to me, don't you realize that Dana is a human being? And she teaches us from from what she knows and is able to teach us, but that doesn't negate the fact that she's a human being who happens to have a sense of humor that at times can get really raw. And she said, well, I felt like I was difference having to... Well,
1: you know, and, and this is one of those those blib moments in life where, well, am I channeling my humanness? Only sit in front of me if I'm your teacher. Right. And what am I teaching when I bring to you my humanness? Right. And we as teachers do have to be astute to mm-hmm. who's in front of us, are we mm-hmm. teaching them about what they're asking us to teach them, or are we teaching them that
2: this this is the
1: spectrum of who I
2: am? Right. Well, exactly. And you know, we weren't in the middle of a class or any sort of a thing. We were down in the Mediterranean having dinner.
1: We were having right. hors
2: d'oeuvres and a glass of wine, and one subject led to another. And it I was I was really quite funny that evening to the degree that even the French speaking wait staff didn't know what I was talking about, but it was one of those that the hilarity was, you know, at that degree where everybody laughs and they may not know what they're laughing about, but they're caught up in the laughter. And so, you know, I had a conversation recently with this person because she'll be traveling with us to, uh, to Italy and Greece next year. And to talk about the fact, you know, I appreciate that you find that there are things that you can learn from me, but please do understand that I'm also a person. And pedestals, you know, are made for plants. They're not made for people. I really believe that. That's
1: a really – well, this is what I have to say about this. Because I'm really going to be really, really, really human about this. If, a st- if there's no yes. when a student comes to a teacher, it's important for the teacher and the student to navigate, interestingly enough and foremost, the need to be accepted, appreciation, appreciated, and um, sexuality is. Always involved. Always. And the sexuality that I am speaking about is not the sex of sex. It's the sexuality of, do you desire me? Do you want me? Is it okay for me to be a uh, sexual person, a spiritual person, a robust person, a live person, Or do I have to be pious in order for a student to come to me because they fear their own sexuality? We're treading in a very deep space because spirituality and sexuality is a very yin-yang domination. And I say domination because so many historical places In our karmic history of what is sensual, spiritual, is what the leader desires me. And I am right there at the foot of the altar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm right there Mm -hmm. at the altar looking at the foot. And there Mm -hmm. is that place where if somebody wants me to teach from my piousness, they will be so disappointed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If somebody wants me to teach from my sensuality or sexuality, they will either be entertained or competitive for being desired. And I, as a teacher, am responsible to not sexualize my students. And I am a very clear woman who knew back in the 70s when I went to these groups of consciousness and awareness, my agenda in many, many ways was to who's up front and how can I get them to like me or be important to them or be seen by them. It's not a conscious thing, it's a subconscious thing. And if I was attracted to them, I was flattered. Flattered. If I was not attracted to them, I was repulsed. So this is a duality for if the student is repulsed, they have to really take a look at what was it they wanted to be attracted to. This is that fine line, Dana, of everybody has to own what do you want to be seen as. Way more importantly than, who do you want your teacher to be?
2: Oh. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> go yeah. Let's That's,
2: go Yeah. Let's
1: go Yeah. Because as a student, I am very clear of my many sides of who's up front. As Mm -hmm. a student, I am very clear that the conscious, the sexual, the um, unconscious, the metaphorical, the archetypical, all the things, all the things, as a student, it is time for... Students to take a look at what the hell are you signing up for and what do you want to be seen at? Mm-hmm. And I am being blunt because it is, we're at that precipice of a student need to know or be at least aware or available to learn that if you're signing up, what you're signing up for is to be favored, number one, to belong, number two, to be accepted, number three, and to learn is somewhere off on the side. As a teacher, we are very clear we want to teach. Mm -hmm. We have to be responsible to, am I looking for something in the crowd that will want me to favor them? because I want to be their favorite. How do we manipulate that? How do we use that? How do we, um, the shadow, Mm -hmm. condescend to those that are in need? We're talking about that really deep space of, as a teacher, how do we protect our students from their needs of us? Talk
2: about that, Okay. Well, for me, exactly what you're talking about, um, you don't like the word empowerment. You've, you've always made that very clear. You do not like the word empowerment. But for me, I feel as though as a teacher the greatest gift that I can help, to, um, somewhat help someone to explore within themselves is to become self-realized is to become self-empowered, to uplift them, to help them see their own gifts, not whatever I've got going on with myself. They wouldn't be in my class if they didn't think I had something to share. But my onus has always been on so that students do not become self-reliant upon me and look at me as a guru or a nun without a convent Um, is to help them realize themselves, to fully realize, as Yogananda would say. And and I've been criticized for that because there are are those in, in spiritual circles of teachers that have literally said to me, and you know this, you've heard it too, why on earth would you empower your students to become teachers, thus taking away students who might become your students? Why would you give a student a platform to blah, blah? Why would you do that? Why are you sharing the spotlight? And that has always, you know, we talk about this, that has always befuddled me. As a teacher, the greatest joy for me is to see somebody have that aha moment and discover what it is that they hopefully really came to me for was to find out what their own jewel is. And to run with it and if they run away from me and they're in the spotlight and they go on and they, they realize marvelous things, that makes my heart so happy because I feel as a teacher that's what I came here to do is to help people see that. And I do kick people out of their comfort zone. I do kind of toss some people out of the nest. And, and that's the reason why. That's how I help myself because otherwise we can have students, you know this, that sexualize us and also look at us as their nursemaid or their guru.
1: Um, I didn't know I had a problem with empowerment because I do support empowering a, a a human being. So I'm just going to say that. It's the
2: word empowerment that you said. You just, right. give you shivers yeah. on your There's, shivers.
1: So, so several, several things that you say just really bring incidences up for me in my memory of of my history. Back in the 70s, when I sat on the floor, and had people sit on the floor in front of me. There was a young man that was so delectable. Oh, my God. My woman wanted him in bed. I wanted to have whatever it was that he had, and I wanted it now. But he did not sit before me as a sexual person that was saying, could we date? He was sitting in front of me as a human being, asking me to support him in his life. I know for a fact that the power of entrapment of a student and a teacher has to be very, very delicate. I literally listened to myself say, oh, my God, I could have them in a heartbeat. But my spirit said, if you do, Sandy, you're foul. Foul. You're beneath whatever it is he's asking of you. And I could hear the calculation in my own desire of this young man to know that if I did not pass the test that spirit was putting in front of me, to not take him into my sexuality, that his need to learn or to trust a woman be devoured by greed in me. We have fallen victim to that greed. I, myself, have... Do I want to say fallen victim? Sure, I would love to say that. But in truth, I would have to say my need to be chosen by a teacher. But the demand was delicious. Had to be very clear that I just wanted to sexualize something rather than learn something. And this, I think we're on that cusp, Dana, I really think we're on that cusp of what are we desiring to learn to be a community or what are we desiring to be selected by so that we are chosen, so that we are favored, and that we are safe in feeling we belong. That's really the difference between the Piscean and the Aquarian. If it's about me... That's Piscean. It's about us as Aquarian. And there's that place right now where, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God that I was born when I was born so that I was on the cutting edge of the pilgrimage of the New Age, where sex, drugs rocks, and all, rock, you know, all that, all the stuff was the cutting edge of learning, but we're at a new space. If I, as a teacher, do not allow a student the information to know you're important for who you are, not for who I make you. And as a teacher, I humbly say, it's not important to me that you love me. It's important to me that I do what I do. Mm -hmm. You see, I cry. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. if I do that, if I say that, That means I will not use you to make me important. I need to know that I'm important and I will give that rather than, hi, I gave you something. Wasn't that wonderful? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Amazing
2: topic. Mm, It's a fantastic topic. Well, for teachers, I believe. For myself, I can only talk about myself, I understand that a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times people find their way to a spiritual path or wanting to learn more about uh, their spirituality, you know, what more is there, because of what I call a crash and burn in their life, something that has brought them to their knees. It's not usually when everything is rosy golden that we think, hey, I wonder what else there is, because everything is so hunky-dory right now. What else do I need? So oftentimes, it's something that happens that brings us to our knees, and we find ourselves looking for something more than. And oftentimes, then, we find ourselves in the presence of a teacher, fellow students. Um, and I believe that for many of us, when we begin that journey, and all of a sudden we're in the presence of teachers, etc., we're very vulnerable. We're very vulnerable. And, you know, the way that you were just discussing about this young man, realizing that he was vulnerable, his spirit was in a place of, of needing and maybe needing repair. We don't know all the time. But as a, as a teacher, I'm always conscious that, you know, people are here for a reason. Their soul has called them here. And long time ago, Sister Irene Mary said something to me. She said, you know, these gifts that you've been given, these charismatic gifts are not a sideshow. This is not about soft shoe. It's not about vaudeville. These are the charismata. They're the gifts of the spirit. And you you must always remember, Denise, that whether you're one-on-one with somebody or you're teaching them, you are sitting with their soul, consciously sitting with their soul. And act or behave or teach out of the understanding that you are working soul to soul. And the damage that can be done can last a lifetime. I believe it can last lifetimes.
1: Yeah. How do you feel about that, Sandy? That's not a belief. That's a knowledge. Yeah. That's a precise wisdom. You know, God bless the fact that I was there in the beginning uh, whatever it was that was the New Age and the social stimulation of wanting human development to be a movement. And that movement was so a part of the sexual revolution.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that sexual revolution, it was very important to know that what was in the seventies was the cutting edge for what is in a whole other psyche of we as women are no longer formulating our identity on if a man accepts us or not. We are formulating Mm -hmm. identity on whether we we accept ourselves or not. One of the great moments of my life was just in my women's group the other night when my women looked at me and said, Sandy, you need to see how we see you and stop kind of picking at what you think you aren't and be who you are. And I looked at them, and I could feel that, wait, 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 wait. wait. And I thought, you know what? People are seeing me. People are asking of me to not be just a male, female, female, male. To just be a being. (laughs) Being, Dana. Mm-hmm. A being, being, a being.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. we're at that threshold right now where I am grateful that I have had and have cut some. I I've bled. I bled in my seven days mm-hmm. to become a force. And a human that says, "Let's align as humans, rather than just a male or a female." Mhm.
2: And I love You blazed the trail for the rest of us. Amen. It was my job,
1: and I'm grateful that I was signed it. And I know I've done a good job.
2: Mhm. Yes, you have. Over. It's not over. It ain't over. Just- <laughs> I love that you're turning 70 next month. Yeah. I, am. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. um it, you know you're a, from a generation of women that really did blaze the trail uh, for so many things, spiritually, sexually, all of that in the in corporate America. And so you can talk about some things that I'm not privy to talk about. They're not my experiences. Uh, And you've also seen the evolution and sometimes the the evolution of spirituality. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about, uh, a woman who called me today said, can you ladies please talk about that there are some teachers that literally – how do I want to say this? Um, they teach for the sole purpose of marketing and making money. It's it's like a money mill. Yeah. And what what is the responsibility of the money mill teacher to their students uh, when students have paid thousands or maybe tens of thousands of dollars to to study with them and to become degreed or to have certification only to have that teacher disappear or hightail it out of dodge. What is the responsibility of that teacher who, again, had students coming to them, and we all have free will, I understand that, uh, but this is a question that came, and The thousands of dollars have disappeared. The certification is no longer valid. The teacher, you know, for a variety of reasons, hightailed it out of Dodge, uh, headed toward the sunset. And the person who came to them originally in a state of exploring their soul, sometimes in a state of flux, uh, looking, is there a responsibility? Or is it simply, well, you know what, you're an adult, You chose to spend that money. You chose to go down that path, and I'm choosing to go down this path. So it all washes out in the end, and um, yeah, so maybe I'll see, and maybe I won't.
1: You just talked about about a trillion years' worth of uh, infinity.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But this is a question that I've been lambasted with in the last week or so since we announced this show. Okay.
1: What I have to say about that is everybody needs to imagine what I'm saying, grow up. And the grow up is in that place of we're at a new level of accommodating our own desire become who it is we think we are and aligning ourselves with who we think can get us there. Please hear what I just said. If you chose a teacher, including myself, or if you have affiliated yourself with someone because you wanted to learn what they were teaching and then they changed their venue of what they're teaching, somewhere we all have to look at what did we want this teacher to save us from. I think, Dana, this is the biggest statement I could possibly say. What does the teacher save us from? If we go to this teacher, they're going to keep us from having to look at our shadow. They're going to keep us from having to... Deal with reality. They know the truth. If I follow them, I'm safe. I don't have to worry about anything else. And the bottom line is always your teachers, your teachers, until further notice. Except that you chose the teacher. Know that the, the teacher has a responsibility to follow their own karmic path. If that teacher falls out of grace with you or chooses another path, it doesn't mean what you've learned from them is wrong. It means that at this plateau, you see if they're still there for you as a teacher Or you see if you have said, thank you for teaching me what you have. Who's my next teacher? Or what have I learned that makes me different from my teacher? And it's not about making your teacher wrong. It's about knowing you have altered your sense of learning. Dana, let's talk about this, because this is mm-hmm. where the student needs to be so gracious, and I am very serious, gracious to the teacher, teaching them what they wanted to know, and then realizing that they're cups full from that teacher. And it's very important please don't make the teacher wrong for what it is that they're no longer teaching you that you don't want to know. That is so common. Become more sophisticated. Become more genuine. Say, okay, this teacher has filled my cup, and I'm now curious about something else. Where do I go? Without making my teacher wrong, but in gratitude, thank you. You're my professor in college, and now I'm going for my master's and my doctorate, and I need to move to next. Be responsible for your learning curve and gracious for the curve you have learned. I am bored. I am bored I am bored with that place of oh you're human bored Mm -hmm. of course I'm human if you didn't know that you weren't watching as my students Can we have a hallelujah on that
2: Amen and hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Okay, so
1: Dana, I love you.
2: I know, I love you too. This is great conversation. I can feel that <laughs> we're, to gonna, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna be so. talking about this next week when <laughs> we're I'm gonna be around the
1: top down with the colors and the universe and <laughs> teaching <laughs> in New England where I know you've had lots of karma. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love New England. Jeez, Sandy, yeah. it looks like you're here. Yay, Lily, really. you're coming <laughs> to town. Yep. We Lily and I will be there beginning next Thursday and we're so excited to be yeah. in New England again taking on the road to heaven on the road in New England. Yeah. So there are occasions, Sandy, when the guru or the teacher is explicitly Abusive. Yeah. And sometimes actually criminal in conduct. Yep.
1: Yep.
2: When you have a student or a client that comes to you that has been under the tutelage of somebody who's uh, criminal in their conduct or a guru, how do you help them or do you refer them to a specialist? I know there are people listening tonight that have been uh, perhaps sexually abused or other forms of abuse that are listening, and they don't know where to go because for a lot of people they're embarrassed.
1: Uh, This is a huge topic. So I'm going to talk about 1970, 80, 1980. 1981, 1982, I was dating a psychologist. And this psychologist was a wonderful man who sexualized almost every single one of his clients. And I, as a teacher, eventually became sexually involved with him. So I have to own my own kind of um, learning curve. As a psychologist... It was just then that the government was saying, if you are abused by your therapist, you need to report it. And I actually held this piece of paper in my hand and read it, sitting next to him, knowing as a psychologist he had sexualized many of his clients. And I said, so should I report you? Hmm. And it was it was like one of those moments in time where it's like uh I I I'm your rubber, should I report you for having sexual relationships with your clients? It's a gray zone mm-hmm. back then. But it has become a light zone now. And the light zone is we as teachers have to be very pristine not to cross the boundary of harassing a student and to not allow a student to harass us as a human. So we have to be very clear with, are we in the presence of our students, that we need to stay a teacher, or do we invite our students into our humanness? And have them see who we really are. And that's a really fine line, Dana.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because not everybody wants to see our humanness. So sure. we have to know our crowd. We mm-hmm. really do have to. As a teacher, as a um, therapist, as a spiritual archetype. I have to take the responsibility that if you see me here, that's who you're going to get. If you as a student cross the line and come over here into my humanness, know that I welcome you, but know that you've crossed your own line. And I have invited you over a line into my humanness. And who I am as a human is not always who I am as a therapist or as a teacher. So we have to be very clear with not to be so generalized, that, but to be very articulate if you come on an adventure with me and my humanness is involved, you need to know who I am as a human. If you are coming only as a student and you demand me to be your teacher, we have to be the agreement. I'm only here as your teacher and then stay that way. Mm -hmm. So as teachers, we're learning how to become, I mean this from that really... Um, fierce place of wisdom I have watched what it means to want to be adored by the leader I have also watched what it means to be overwhelmed by thinking I'm safe in the presence of a leader I'm also very clear when a student refuses to grow up and holds the leader accountable for their ignorance. I'm very aware right now that each student needs to be respectful of the fact that any person they sit in front of has a teacher. Is a human being still in the process of learning, and every teacher that sits in front of a student has to be respectful that they expect us to have integrity mm-hmm. and we navigate
2: mhm
1: we navigate mhm that's the cutting absolutely.
2: edge absolutely, mhm. Have you ever fired a student, Sandy?
1: Oh, my God. I am so bad at wonderfulness of firing somebody. Mm-hmm. And the the reason why I say that, Dana, is because I have literally marched people out of my house with, I will not be who you are. I'm going to say this story, the best of all stories. God bless the person I'm talking about. <laughs> I was sitting, and I mean it. I was sitting in my own home as a mm-hmm. student, friend, blur. I Let's reference this, everybody. Student, no, let's reference it. Friend, oh, no, wait a second. I have to get this right. I, Sandy, am sitting in my apartment where I teach and invite people in. So I'm in my home that I blur the line with. With you come in as my student, and sometimes you come in as my human personal friend. And the person that comes in is a student who's blurred the line of a friend and says to me, I want you to know that I am someone who always is attracted to the leader, and as the leader, you are now the person that I'm sexually attracted to. Oh my! Saying to me, absolutely, and I'm looking at this person that is a woman, and say to her. Before I say to her anything, I have to go through my brain and say, "Holy shit, Sandy! What the hell is happening here? (laughs) Hang Mm -hmm. on, figure it out. Don't make her wrong. Don't make her right. Don't make her. don't, Don't 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 insult her." Because I have blurred the line, and I need to make it clear. And I've done this with a male and a female, so I'll go to the male also and say that. I was able to hold the space and say, I'm flattered, thank you. And as your teacher, I am not involved with this sexually, therefore I am unavailable to... Keep you in your pattern of having to be sexual with your teacher. I'm your teacher. I'm not a sex subject. Choose now if you want to continue to be a part of my classes. And she was an amazing person who did that. With a man, a man came to me and said, well, I'm attracted to you, and I think I should have sex with you, and blah 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 blah. That happens a lot, and I had to say to him, "Check myself." Thank you. I'm flattered, so I don't insult them. Mm-hmm. And as your teacher, I'm unavailable I'm for that experience, and it keeps me in my framework of who am I? Do I use them because they're attracted to me? Or do I stay in the grace of if I use them sexually I'm the predator.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's blunt. I never wanted to be a predator because I know what it's like to be preyed upon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, for myself, when I have a a client, always
1: every single point
2: is a checkpoint. Absolutely. For me, when somebody comes to me because they've been the prey. You know, sometimes, you know, they need to see a therapist and, yeah. you know, to work it out that way, uh, to be able to talk to somebody that they feel um, can be an impartial, you know, set of ears and what do I do now and, and all of those kinds of things. And sometimes people will say to me, Denise, is there karma in any of this? And And absolutely there is. I believe that for every action there is a reaction which is why it's all about being responsible for ourselves and our own actions. And particularly, you know, when somebody comes to us, you know, either for um, session or for class, that sort of a thing, um, learning to be very, very conscious of what we say and the way in which we say it um, is something that I think that we grow with as we get older, the longer that we do it. And, For myself, I have fired students and one woman in particular. Oh my goodness, she was like Beelzebub incarnate all of a sudden in the middle of a class. And uh, she tried to hijack the class with her craziness. And I, I, yeah, yeah, rather than, you know, right in the middle of everything, I. During the break time, I escorted her out of the building, and I said, this is really not a very good fit. While I'm having fun, while I'm not, and neither are the other people that are in this this room today. Uh, They're not enjoying whatever show that you were bringing, which falls under the wanting to be seen as. And, you know, and you've been with me and witnessed one occasion in particular where I fired a student uh, for crossing boundaries um, that I hold very, very dear, uh, whether I'm working as a medium or as a teacher. And uh, as a teacher, when I see that there are those bringing harm in my classroom or in, you know what I'm saying, then at that Yay. point my responsibility to the other students is to say to the, to the person who is uh, being malicious, spiritually or otherwise, um, this is not working. You need to leave. And no one is ever happy with the teacher who says, you need to leave. You've just been fired. Mm -hmm. And so as a teacher, we need to be prepared for the backlash of, oh, my God, she's so mean. Who does she think she is telling me that I don't belong in her class? Well, the good news is I did tell you in a polite way. Not all teachers are very polite with that. So I have, uh, on occasion, fired students. I have fired clients for the very same thing, being abusive. Being a teacher doesn't mean that we are a doormat. And being a student does not mean that you are a doormat or a gopher or any of those sorts of things. And we can fall under the spell of looking at our teachers as infallible, almost, um, well, yeah, I guess infallible would, would be, The word, and sometimes in the infallibility, I think is where we learn our greatest lessons. And for me, well, thank you. It's about being. Yeah, it's it's about being responsible, and having that teacher. And sometimes our teachers, you know, in the Heo way, in the contrarian way, sometimes uh, in the Western Door teachings, we're brought to teachers that teach us. By oppositional teaching, but it's all in how we look at it. Do we say, "Oh my God, I'm a victim of oppositional teaching," or is is it the teaching of the coyote who says, "Our teachers come in many forms. Our teachers come in many forms, and we have to pay attention. Otherwise, we're always the victim of." You what know, do you, think about you and that?
1: I are very uh, unique in the fact that. We are not trained, quote-unquote, individuals for the way that educated people that go to school and say, I've got a a certificate to do this. Mm -hmm. We are trained through the humanness of who we are and our spirituality of who we are to do this. I am not licensed as a therapist. I make it very clear. You are not licensed as a therapist. You make Mm -mm. it very clear. And we are qualified as mediums or psychics or ministers to administer consciousness and compassion to people. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And there is a threshold of love here that says, I am, you are a loving being who offers to the people who come to us a very different realm of love and... Oh, wow, we're in such a space here, Dana. Uh, Of... intelligence, truly intelligent, Mm -hmm. that says we're going to take you into another realm of awareness because you're seeking us to be available to provide you with something that is from the beyond. Mm -hmm. And when we cross that line to the beyond... People are asking us to take them into the abnormal
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: they yearn to know what is out there. And we are not crazy or bizarre when we take them there. We are sane and qualified.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so when we go there... There is such a tone of love that not all therapists that are educated or qualified carry.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Or allowed to include in their practice. Because it's really not, quote unquote, legal to bring your love into your practice because of ethics for certain mm-hmm. um, legal qualifications. So you mm-hmm. and I and other mediums or psychics or ministers of this quality of consciousness do mm-hmm. sit on the threshold of if you come to us, you have to know who you're coming to. Yes. I say that all the time. If you're coming yeah. to me, you've got to know who you're coming to.
2: Hold on to your hat, people, if you're going to Sandy. Hold on to your hat. That's all I'm saying. That's all you're saying? And that's,
1: I mean, you know, awesome. I mean, even to my clients who know me, it's like if you're coming to me with this question, you have to know who you're coming to. Yes. Because, and that's my show for my next show, it's, you know, it's that, that, that integrity of if you come to me, you better be ready To come to me. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you can't come to me. That means I'm square in where I am. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I know who I am. Mm -hmm. And I will not deny you the privilege of knowing who you are. But if you come to me, know who you're coming. Don't have a fantasy of me and don't fantasize that I'm going to be kind to you without being kind to you mm-hmm. that's a very different statement I'm kind mm-hmm. to people because you deserve the right to be kind in the energy that we're working with and be yeah. kind with mhm. But if there's something here you need to hear, I need to know, and this is where we are, you and I are very, very um, challenged in the name of the Spirit. Because when people come to us, there is a certain level of, if you're here, we aren't going to placate you.
2: No. We're
1: not here to hurt you, and we're not here to deny you a certain um, respect. Right, But we also are here to give you a value of truth that eliminates the fantasy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think yes. this is the most honest way I can say what you and I do in the name of spirit. We eliminate mm-hmm. the fantasy. And because mm-hmm. of that,
2: we're dangerous to a lot of people yeah. who live in the fantasy. Yes. Who sell the fantasy as well? We have a great question over in the Facebook chat room from Cynthia. Uh, Cynthia. (laughs) Hey, Cynthia, she's so sweet. As students and seekers of light and spirit, are we not responsible for our own growth and discernment as we grow? Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. yes, yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a great question.
1: Yes. You have to be responsible for, and this is the best way I can say it, our karma is generous for the beauty of what we receive and the crap we receive.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Our karma doesn't edit the good and the bad. It throws it all at us. So, if you pick a teacher who brings you down into the depths of wherever it is you've got to learn, whatever it is you've got to learn, that's mm-hmm. your karma. When a teacher brings you to the heights of whatever it is you need to learn and need to learn, that's your karma. As a student, you are a thousand percent responsible for your journey.
2: Mm-hmm. Don't blame me
1: for being your bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and having said that, Sandy, let's let's touch on this for a minute. If somebody asks you, so Sandy Herrick, who are you? Mm-hmm. You will explain to them who you are. If somebody says to me, so Denise, you're a pipe carrier. What does that mean that you're a pipe carrier? Um, I'm open to those questions. If somebody says to me, well, geez, I also heard that you're Catholic, and we all know that Catholics aren't Christians, so I don't know that I can come and see you. Um, Well, I am. Yes, I was born, baptized, all that good stuff. You know, I'll tell you my confirmation name. Yes, let's talk about that. And I don't hide who it is that I am, who I've learned from, how did I get that sacred pipe, why do why do my ceremonies face the direction of the West, et cetera, et cetera? I'm happy to answer those questions. If a teacher is unwilling to answer those questions, I think that that's a red flag. What about you?
1: First and foremost, neither one of us are everybody's teacher.
2: Right. Bingo. Plain and simple.
1: When a student comes into that realm of seeking. You and I are very clear that we are available for the interview. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I feel it necessary and mandatory that a Mm -hmm. student interview us and we interview a student. Do not just assume that, oh, I saw you, you're mine. Oh, my God, aren't I lucky you're mine. It's like, Wait a second, who are you? What do you want? Why do you want it? What do you expect? It is a we're in a new realm and 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 I think this is probably I'm so grateful that this is our last show on blog talk in the honor of let's play let let's do the homage to something's over and something's beginning. Mm -hmm. to blog talk radio I thank you Mm -hmm. I thank you for giving us a platform to in our nativity sit in our homes and broadcast Mm -hmm. out to the universe our belief systems our um, growth systems our quests and mm-hmm. our requests from Spirit to Be. What an honor and what an opportunity to be part of a phenomenon of communication. Dana, thank you for being my companion in this realm. And thank mm-hmm. you for being a adversary the universe to say I'm going to come out there and say what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong Mm -hmm. thank you star nations for giving us this problem I also want to say thank you to this realm of the invisible because Mm -hmm. as a voice I can be invisible and just say whatever I want to say and not everybody sees who I am saying it. And so we're going to believe TV and saying, here I am. We're crossing the threshold. Mm-hmm. Well, again, thank you for being the pioneer to bring me to the next realm. But most importantly, I I'm want to say to everybody that's listening, don't doubt What it is you're seeking. And be accountable to yourself for what you're seeking. Choose us well. I'm available to listen to, but I'm not the only one to listen to. Dana's available, Star Nation's available to listen to, but we ain't the only thing. Available. Mm -hmm. So, take us into your heart because we're filled with our hearts in feeding you. But don't think we're everything or that we're the only thing. We're a thing. What I want anybody to learn from our time on Star Nations as On the Road to Heaven is to know that I am so grateful that you and I have collaborated. (laughs) I'm so grateful that we have collaborated from a place beyond Star Nations to become Star Nations and whatever is beyond that. To all the people that are listening, thank you for wanting to listen to something that we would have to say. And bring us to the next realm of what you would like us to to contribute to. I will be responsible as a teacher, but you need to be responsible as a student. Do not give me or Dana or anybody as a teacher the responsibility of giving you your credibility. You're important you're alive, you're filled with expectations and qualifications. It's way beyond my lifetime. You will qualify to be more than who you are because you're a part of right now. And right now is the beginning of the beginning of the beginning of what is next for the next Experience of the quantum leap into humanity. Pay attention. Be ready. And you're born right on time to be who you are. And thank you for even considering, listening to who I am and what I believe in, and what I share with Dana and Star Nation because I'm serious about making certain life continues. And that's that.
2: That was beautiful, Sandy. And I can't add anything to that except for one thing that has been a constant for you and I for the past 10 years, and that is our lily oh <laughs> you know we've got lady hawk in the chat room she's been with us since soul's journey radio on blog talk and we have our lily who has been with us travels with us you know what are we without her with us and so she'll be with us on the road new england again and all of these years behind the scenes as the producer of our shows is lily we love you lily i love you lily Yes.
1: So can we do I Love You
2: Because? Oh, no. We'll do that when we're out there. I, I, no. <laughs> I want <laughs> Not you. on the radio. We'll do it in the living room. <laughs> okay, we'll do it in the living room. Well,
1: I want to do I Love You Because to our audience. Yes. As our last show on Blog Talk Radio... I, Sandy, would like to say to all of our listeners, and Linda Claflin, I'm talking to you, to anybody who hears us in our archives, I love you because, and I love you, Dana, and I love you, Lily, and I love you, Lady Hawk, because you have given me a place to come to just be who I am and who I have been born to be and find this incredible spectrum of spirit to welcome me into the opportunity to be spacious, to be taught and to be included with some incredible realm of love. Whoever is listening. I don't know who you are. But thank you for wanting to know who I am. It gives you an opportunity to know more about yourself. And I pray that Dana and I have served that, Mm -hmm. that Lily has served that, and that whoever you are takes this peace and brings Some touch for the rest of your life, no matter what age you are. And then I know for a fact that my life has been a person. So thank you, Dana, and everybody out there in Blonde Hawk, and Lily, and Lady Hawk.
2: Beautiful. That's that. That's a wrap. The next time you and I are together on the road to heaven, well, first and foremost, we'll be in New Hampshire. Yep. And live and on the road. And then on the road to heaven, we'll be live streamed via BeLive TV. So all y'all will be looking at me and Sandy, whatever we happen to be looking like that night. <laughs> with all of our critters and everything when we're outside. We can't guarantee how we're going to look.
0: We'll just no, guarantee we that we're we'll going be to be
1: looking. there. <laughs> so I have I have a request. So next yeah. month, I mean, first of all, and I also know that Lily is leaving um, as what she's been to Star Nations. She's going into another realm. Thank you, Lily, for being who you are to Star Nations and all the things you've done for me. And star nations in being a producer, mm-hmm. in being a provider, in being an input, and the wizard—you know, the the um,
2: mistress of Oz.
1: I was going to say mistress of Oz, but what I want to say, really say is the the incredible intelligence
2: mm-hmm.
1: that has brought some great. Get ready, Lily. Um. Oh. Honesty to all of us. Because mm-hmm. you really are, Lily. You're the honesty to all of us that puts out there all of our personalities and all of our um, secrecies and all of our um, uniquenesses. You are that touchstone, so thank you. Thank you Beautifully very Beautifully said. Okay, so I have a question to and then or Dana, but, you know everybody knows you from these two things. Because <laughs> next i might go on on uh the uh, the soul sessions with Sandy Herrick, and it's, it's going to be Believe TV. Would you like to be my guest and maybe get me onto your spaceship so I can come over <laughs> <laughs> and make it yeah. The transition? Yeah, transition. I look like a fool until you get here next week. <laughs>
2: Yes, next Wednesday evening, uh, we will make it a double header. How about that?
0: Thank you very much. Now that's good. Really absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. You and got I'm a deal. And i be dressed
1: for vacation. <laughs>
2: Fantastic. Let's okay. do it. Okay, Sandy.
1: Oh my God. I know. Oh my God. Good night, this is everyone. A <laughs> wait, wait a second. Before you go. Okay. Um, what would you like to say to me about our show that leads into another place? And I would like to say to you um, to sit here with you in this incredible space of the invisible.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and all the amazing spirits that have come and joined us. I, mm-hmm. I mean, 99, 9, I, no, I'll have to say 100%, 100% of my time on our show has been with me sitting in my bed, in my bathrobe, with some kind <laughs> of libation at my side. <laughs> and being uh-huh. on the computer and, you know, the cats come in, my husband's come in, it's been light, it's been dark, it's been stormy, it's been this, it's been that. Of all, it has been the presence of the beauty of sharing with you our commitment to serve spirit mm-hmm. and the next time I talk, I'll be visible and I'll be presentable
0: Mhm
1: <laughs> but in this moment, what has been so powerful the spirit, and I'm looking at all the corners of my bedroom where spirits have Come through the very walls and manifested. The
0: mm-hmm.
1: things have elevated from the floor and said, Speak mm-hmm. of me, I need to be acknowledged. The mm-hmm. things have ascended from the ceiling and said, Will you talk about me? And when you and I have talked about the profound cultures of what it's like to be in the Anipi, of what it's like to be visiting to the Sparrowhawks, of what it's like Mm -hmm. to to have our husbands listen or walk through and just kind of grace us with their presence. With what it's been to be in the invisible and still be so honest. Mm -hmm. Thank
2: you, Jane. Thank you, Sandy. I mean, it's hard to believe that it's been 10 years, and you're right. There's a comfort level when you and I are doing a show together, and there's a comfort level of even though I can't see you right now, I know you're in your bed in your red robe, and you've got a libation in your hand, and you're looking about you, and Unicorn Fields is within reach. (laughs) But there's something about just being in the presence of your voice. As you know, I'm a voice person. Yeah. And... Somebody's voice will either draw me in or push me away. And being in the presence of your voice once a month for these past 10 years, it's going to be very different. And it will be, um, what will I, how can I say this? It's going to be a challenge for me not to want to go back to this format. Because there's something very, very, um, because we do walk in those energies. As I'm sitting here in this room and you're in your room and the ghostly apparitions are coming through and spirit making itself known, um, that's not something that we can necessarily do while we're on camera. Maybe we can. I don't know. But for me, Sandy, what I want to say is thank you for allowing me to be in the comfort of your voice
0: Mm. and
2: always in the comfort of your non judgmental non-judgmentality, your non-judgment of me or what I present. Mm. And um, in the 10 years, some things you and I are perfectly aligned in our thoughts. At other times, we're not. But there's not a judgment about it. It's she feels this way, I feel that way. And let's talk about both of those ways.
0: And there's great
2: comfort in that. There's comfort in that. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to be in the octave of the comfort of your soul and the vibration of your voice that speaks on behalf of your soul every month, years.
1: God. Phew. What a celebration.
2: What a celebration. Okay. All right. Until next Wednesday night.
1: Holy moly.
2: Adios. Holy moly, put your lipstick on. <laughs> okay, everybody.
1: Yep, we green
2: <laughs> Good night, everyone.
1: Good night, everybody, and thank you so much for your devotion. Good night. We
0: hope you enjoyed this edition of On the Road to Heaven with your show hosts, Sandra Herrick and... Denise Iwana on the Star Nation's radio network.